Hello, 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 and welcome to the Geeked Out Collecting Podcast, where we apply finance and investing concepts and principles to our favorite hobby collecting, like Pokemon and comic books and Magic the Gathering, Fortnite cards, you name it. Now, before we get started, this episode is brought to you by my amazing patrons, and I wanted to give a quick special shout out and thank you to my top tier patrons, David from Portland and Pancake Analytics. Thank you so much, guys. I couldn't appreciate your support more. Now, let's get into today's episode. In this episode, I brought on Ray from the Nashville Flippers, and we talk about one of the most important and underrated skills in collecting, selling, especially on eBay. Now, you might be thinking, well, Jess, this doesn't apply to me. I don't flip. I invest for the long term. Well, regardless of the kind of collector that you are, at some point, either you have sold or will sell parts or all of your collection. So you need to have some skill in selling if you're not willing to consign your items. It's really the only way to protect you and your investment so that you get all that you can for your items at the market at that time that you are selling. So that's why I brought Ray on because he is a hobby collector, a hobby investor. He knows the hobbies. He understands the things that we look for as collectors and investors, but he is also a part-time eBay reseller, which also helps us because we can learn more from his skills and his experience of selling on eBay so that we can help ourselves protect our investments and be able to fund whatever we need to for the future. So I hope that you guys stay tuned. I know that you'll really enjoy this. I did want to make one quick note about the audio, especially in the later parts of the episode. My internet gets a little wonky, and so his audio and my audio kind of crisscross a little bit because of the... uh, internet loading issues that I was having. So I tried to do the best that I could to fix that, but still, if you bear through it, there's a ton of great, great information. So let's get this episode started. Anyways, Ray, thank you so much for coming on today. Ray from Nashville Flippers. I'm really, really excited to have you on. And um, what I want to do really quickly, because a lot of the people that I bring on are are mostly like very, very Pokemon focused and you do have um, some Pokemon content, but there's also a very, very cool reason why I have you on. And I'm just going to let you kind of go through like your background, tell you about, tell us about you and what you do, because I think there's a lot of good things that you teach people about that. I think uh, Pokemon collectors, like whether you're sellers or not, you eventually at some point have to learn how to sell and you do a lot of great eBay flipping content that I freaking love. So Ray, tell us about you. Well, yeah, my name is uh, Ray. I'm one half of the Nashville flippers. My brother-in-law is actually the other half and uh, we like to do it together. You know, we've been, I've been um, reselling half uh, part-time. I I was going to say full-time or half-time, but part-time since uh, I've been doing it for, you know, got back into it um, probably around um, 2016. And so um, just a little bit about what we do is that we take, uh, we like to go different places, buy things, and we like to um, look to see if there's any kind of value to them. And then we like to resell them on platforms like eBay and uh, Facebook Marketplace and just uh, just trying to find lost, disregarded items and um you know, resell them for, for profit. And uh, the reason why we started, uh, we have a YouTube channel, the Nashville Flippers. And uh, we just recently started a TikTok in March, which is uh, doing very well for us. But um, 
we liked uh, the reason why we wanted to uh, do YouTube and um, just give advice or, you know, give tips and tricks on different things. Cause uh, my uh, brother-in-law and I have been very successful doing that. And it's kind of really easy and tangible that someone that could, uh, you know, do and make a little extra income, you know, if they have a full-time job or whatever, you know, the stay home mom, the, the person that may be disabled to go in their local thrift store, find something that's a dollar and resell it for, even if it's reselling it for $10, you know, if they just make a little bit of profit, that's more than they had to begin with, you know, and they can continue to invest that money into buying bigger things and just, you know, just helping, just helping things, you know, just helping people with, you know, finances and stuff like that, especially now, you know, during the whole pandemic and stuff like that, you know, so yeah, so that's a little bit about me. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. And I really do like what you do because what you said, you know, flipping does take some work. It doesn't take a, an incredible amount of skill. So anyone just can kind of go in and I mean, not that a flipper isn't skilled. That's definitely not it. But like mm. anyone can kind of jump in as long as they can do some research, which is what you show people how to do. Yeah. Um, and and especially during this time, like what you're saying, you know, a lot of people are struggling out there. And so mm -hmm. that 20, 30, 50 bucks extra, even if it's that little can go a long way. I see people on, on uh, eBay right now flipping, you know, their collections because they have to, um, you know, they need the cash because. Yeah, it's definitely a buyer's market right now, especially for such hobby, hobbies in general, collectibles, cards, video games, things like that. You know, people that um, don't necessarily need, when they need the money, that's the first thing that's going to go. So, yeah, unfortunately, but if you have the income yeah. to do it, you know, if you have the, the capital to buy, now is the time to buy. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. This time, I mean, we've been seeing a lot of people grow their wealth just in general during these times. So of course, this is absolutely a time to buy in because a, a lot of what happens too, and it makes me really sad. It makes me really sad when someone has to, because they need money, sell their mm -hmm. collection. Like I just kind of came across a, an eBay seller. We were going back and forth and I ended up winning the his lot in an in auction, but it just made me feel really bad because I knew that he just really needed the money and he was really sad about giving up his collection. So I'm like, okay, let me just try to bid extra just to give this guy as much as I can, you know, yeah. just to, just to kind of help him out. But it, it, sell him. yeah, sell it just, it makes me so sad that when people have to do that, because I know I cherish my collection and I'm sure, mm -hmm. I'm sure you too, you do too. So it's just one of those things, but, um, sure. yeah. And when you say that it's a buyer's market, 100, 100%. Um, which is nice to see because we have a lot of movement, obviously in the hobby. So, Pokemon, for example, I mean, Pokemon has been big, but Pokemon has been going through an incline over the past few years. So, and now, you know, come March, we've sort of seen this, this really big jump that not people, not many people expected, but if you're watching the market, even a few months prior to that, you, you were seeing the jump, you were seeing mm -hmm. those hikes. Um, and I know for yourself, I mean, you definitely do some collecting, um, just kind of curious are do you only collect like i know you had a pretty cool funko pop collection with all those signed wwe i don't know much yeah. about wrestling but um is that is that like the biggest part of your collection or like what else do you collect i collect it's weird i get in these little group these um 
I don't know, periods or whatever, where I completely like go all in on certain things and I just start collecting, you know, I collect, you know, like Funko Pops, you know, WWE, W wrestling Funko Pops in particular, because wrestling is very close to my heart. You know, like I'm, I'm a big professional wrestling fan, not just WWE, WCW, AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, you know, like (laughs) every kind of, you know, like wrestling. I like to do, you know, collect that. I have a pretty, uh, I have um, my Toy Story collection up there. So awesome. Toy Story collection. I'm going back and getting all the uh, vintage Power Ranger Megazords. So those are over here. And, uh, you know, I collect that, you know, if you can see down there, they're uh, vintage Hasbro wrestling figures. I like to collect those as well. Those are awesome. So those Pokemon cards, video games, Mm -hmm. I collect video games. I have, uh, I got some inbox Sega Genesis, and then I have a Super Nintendo over there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I like to collect a lot of stuff. Vinyl. I like to collect vinyl. Oh, man. I'm into okay. music, so I like to do yeah. a little bit of that. So I'm pretty much um, a little bit of everything. I like to collect sneakers. That's actually how I started collecting, is collecting shoes. That's actually, shoes is like a big part of the story of how reselling actually came about. So. Oh, wow. So then when did you start actually collecting sneakers? Was it, I remember seeing a video uh, where you were showing, you were trying to tell people like resellers, hey, pay attention to trends because Mm -hmm. this Travis Scott picture that just came out and these Jordans, you know, they went up crazy in price. I think you were showing, you should have picked from StockX. It was like going for a thousand or something like that. Actually ended up really reselling those particular sneakers for $900 used. I paid ninety dollars for that pair of sneakers. Now the the way that I got into reselling, this is a very long story, so I hope you bear with me here in my starting collection. So I was um, when I went to school, I actually went to school for art, right? So at the time, just uh, I was in a design class, and I became um, really infatuated with this design concept, which is form follows function whenever you design something. And so I started looking at certain designs like airplanes, sports cards, sports, sports cars, excuse me, that the reason when, when people design those kind of things, the form is always going to follow the function of whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. So Makes you, sense. yeah. So I can't collect airplanes. I can't collect sports car, sports cars yet. Uh, but I can't collect, um, sneakers, right? Mm-hmm. So sneakers is another, another way that this, uh, design concept is implemented. So when a sneaker designer is designing a shoe for, let's say, Serena Williams or LeBron James, they have to take into account the build, you know, just LeBron James of how, you know, just his overall strength and physicalness and you know Mm -hmm. the shoe has to hold up for that reason you know Mm -hmm. so you know I got really into that you know shoe design you know looking up different shoe designers like Tinker Hatfield Stephen Smith Tiffany Beers Leo Chang you know all these different shoe designers and just seeing you know how they design a shoe and why and 
all that stuff. And just a quick story, you know, Tinker Hatfield is one of like the goats of like sneak sneaker designing. He designed most of the Air Jordans, things like that. Okay. Actually designed the first ever Air Max. And one of the things that, um, w- one of the inspirations for the first Air Max is they wanted to, they, Nike had a new air bubble that they wanted to implement, but it was so big that they didn't know how to put that in the shoe without, you know, making everything bigger. So he got the inspiration from um, this art school in Germany called like the Bauhaus. And then everything is like, like all the pipes and everything is like showing from the outside. It's like part of this design of the school. So he just decided to let the air bubble show in the shoe, you know, instead oh. of hiding it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that whole like Air Max thing, you know, you've seen the actual inside of the air bubble, you know, that was part of like, well, let's just let them see it, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. So I was into sneakers. So I got, you know, I started my collection back in the day, buying one, saving one, where back when you can actually stand in line and purchase a sneaker and not having to buy it online, which is now impossible. Right. All those bots. Yeah. And so, you know, I um, created some really good relationships within the sneaker community and sneaker stores. So I was able to, um, you know, gather my collection that way. And then, so I started reselling because I just had all these extra shoes and they were taking some so much space. And at the time I had this like terrible, um, like Chevy Impala car that kept breaking down. So I was like, I'm done with this car. (laughs) And so I sold maybe like, maybe like a quarter of my collection and I bought like a Mm. Honda Accord, you know what I mean? That's not a cheap car. No, it's not. It was, and I still have, it's still, I still have it. It runs fantastic. So I bought it, you know, so that's how I got really into reselling is by, um, you know, selling off some of my collection. (laughs) Was that, uh, those sneakers that you sold off, were they dead stock or were they just, Yeah, they were dead stock. Most of the, you know, like I said, when I got the, at the time, you know, I had a pretty good paying job for a per, for a kid that was still in school. I lived at home. So just getting those, you know, just making those relationships and talking sneaker nerds with other sneaker people, mm-hmm. you know, that worked there, you know, that you would, you know, they would be like, oh, Ray's coming by, he's picking up, you know, two pairs, three pairs of the same shoe. I would wear one and then just stash the other ones away, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, so like that's in how the I got into world. reselling. Yeah, no, that that's awesome. So when did you do you still sell sneakers or is that because like i said the it's so hard to get shoes nowadays yeah it's like i mean there's certain shoes that i would like you know to when they when they release like my favorites like the air jordan threes air jordan 11s you know certain certain shoes that i like though i would pay resale for them you know but but other than that, you know, I don't collect as much sneakers as, as I used to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember a few years ago uh, stumbling across it. Like I was reading a few articles on sneaker reselling because, you know, there's whole there's whole shops of just people selling sneakers on consignment or just, you know, just mm-hmm. reselling, which is really amazing to me that you can build a whole business behind reselling and consignment, which is really fun. I'm sure it's a hell of a lot of work. Um, oh, for and- sure. 
And I came across this, this website where there were these guys or these people that were just, um, they were selling software, software for, for bots, for, for botting, um, you know, shoes, which I guess we might be seeing a little bit of that too, with the, uh, PS five stuff going on, which I'm Still sad trying about. to get one. Yeah. I have been following you. I've been following yeah. each of your, yeah, I'm, your I'm visits getting there to Walmart. every day. So <sighs> I figure yeah. those, I figure those uh, videos are, they're, they're fun. You know, people mm. like them. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. I, I heard that uh, Sony is supposed to be making a few more, uh, I don't know, however many consoles, but some more available by the end of this year, which would be nice because I mean, um, they know what they're doing. I mean, it's yeah. free publicity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They know exactly what they're doing. It's just a simple supply and demand. You know, once they make enough, nobody's going to really want it. You know, even a person that really doesn't want it and they see it in the store, it's like they almost have to buy it, you know? Right. So they know what, I mean, it's all marketing. They know what they're doing. Yeah. What do you, how do you feel about, um, you know, scalpers kind of going in and, and cleaning the shelves? Uh, I mean, it depends. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things. You know what I mean? It's like mm. if they're if it's a, it's a way to make money, you know, go for it. You Mm -hmm. know, it sucks. It's like some kid may not get one for Christmas, but I mean, that's how it is with Pokemon cards. You know what I mean? True. So people just buy everything, which is like, yeah, you know, I get it, but the modern sets, you know, if you don't do your research and you don't know, do your numbers, you know, especially if you're selling like platforms on like eBay, Mm -hmm. you're not making really any money doing it you know Mm -hmm. unless it's something that's you know it's you know like uh what was it during a little bit before christmas walmart had like that 20 dollar like um jirachi what was it the jirachi box it was like 20 Um, bucks or something like that but like scalpers you know you'll see the you know on tiktok there's like a huge video of people buying like tons of them you know it's 20 bucks but the packs that were in that box weren't any good so it's like you couldn't get rid of them. You know, if you're yeah. selling for 25, you're not making any money. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the pull rates on the modern sets are definitely real tough. Real tough. You know, th- those chase cards, real tough to get, which mm-hmm. which makes it part of the fun, you know, if you're not needing to make money off of it. Exactly. If you're not needing to do what you want to do. Like I, yeah. I'm cool with it, but, but I really like your commentary. Um, and that's when we first started talking on, I can't even remember the name of the guy, the guy that was telling people to spend however much money at Costco to flip, to get that chase yeah. Charizard. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, and you do the numbers in that video. I don't know if you saw the original video, like the whole video, but he, what they were doing is they were going to Costco, buying the pokeballs, the three pack pokeballs in each pack or in each ball, there's three packs for 20, 29.99. And then in each, each ball, I think contained one evolutions, one sword and shield, and then one burning shadows. Right. Mm-hmm. So they were selling off the burning shadows and the sword and shield. But if everyone is doing that, let's just say everyone's selling off those extra packs, the market on those packs is going to go down because everyone's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. right totally so you're not going to be making the same amount of money just on those packs because everyone is doing it right you know so even then you pull let's say you pull the charizard you get it off you get it to get graded 
and then evolutions the evolutions printing is so bad that you you're not really guaranteed i don't know what the pop report is for the uh like psa 10 for that you know char hollow charizard but it's there's not many of them yeah so you're not guaranteed that psa 10 and then when all because psa is so backed up when they when all the cards come back there's going to be so many on the market that the price of them is going to go down Mm-hmm. yeah so, yeah exactly and you're not it's gambling you're not guaranteed to even get that card mm-hmm. so. yeah it's it's pretty much a situation if you know open that pack or open that etb if you're feeling lucky you know mm-hmm. it's a hundred percent what it is and I, i'm glad you put that in perspective because though he may be kind of right there's a lot that he didn't put in there he didn't put in enough context for people to uh, really have all the information they needed to determine whether or not that was a good decision for them and then what he did say in the comments you know he put in ten thousand bucks of course like having that ten thousand dollars to do that on the risk no if you're going to do ten thousand dollars you might as well buy something that's going to be a little more your better roi you know what Mm -hmm. i mean that's too much of a gamble vintage oh yeah if you've got ten thousand to spend go go created vintage if you're not sure if you're even going to buy even even if you're going to buy that I would, I can think of a hundred things to buy with $10,000 than to do that, mm-hmm. you know, 100% from, you mean from like an investment point of view An investment? Yeah. I mean, even if you're going to buy and resell stuff, I mean, look into buying sneakers, you know, mm-hmm. buying sneakers, you know, $10,000, you can buy, you can buy a car and resell exactly. the car. You can buy a boat, resell the boat, you know, you know, do things like that put a down pay, down payment on a um a rental property. Right. You know what I mean? Continue mm-hmm. to make that money off of the rental property, you know, flip a house, you know, things like that. I can think of a lot better things than buy Pokemon cards for investment with $10,000. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you but bring you that up. you got it, you know, do you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think, um, you know, obviously people can do whatever they want to do with money, but if they have, I I think it depends on the goal, which is, you know, kind of what we're talking about here, right? So if you want to flip or you want to long-term invest, there's a lot of options. And Mm -hmm. I mean, what I really like about hobby collecting is that, yes, it's definitely an asset because these cards can go up in value over time. Um, You know, so, so of course, having, you know, investing in the stock market is good because that, is a part of your investment portfolio. It'll grow over time, but it's also nice too to have these cards because you can actually see it. It's tangible. You can enjoy it. Um, but you also have to, of course, go back to the fundamentals and go back to what your goal is. And then from there, kind of figure out what works best for you. So if flipping a house is better for you, then it would be better than investing in. Um, Especially you know, for a Pokemon modern house. set that's still being printed, you know? came out in 2016 and it's 2020 and it's still being printed i know i know that's why it, you vintage wizard of the coast 100 is that you know what obviously on my list of questions i was going to ask that so when it comes so i guess i guess there's two questions here right so from a investment perspective do you prefer vintage or modern from an investment perspective i would do vintage mm-hmm. all the way unless you can find a really good deal on certain modern cards that are rare, you know, mm-hmm. let's say promo, certain promos, things like that. Like I just bought um, three promo 
Charmander Toys R Us cards that they only gave huh. out at Toys R Us when Evolutions first came out. And it's right. a hollow card. So I got three of them significantly underpriced. I got them for $20, all of them. Each one is selling on eBay for around 60 raw. And if you get it graded, I mean, it could be a $300 card, you know? So like, mm-hmm. if you're going to do modern sets, buy raw, undervalued, get it graded, know what it's going to cost to get graded. Mm-hmm. And then you can resell it, but no prior. Here's, here's the thing that I always tell people when they buy and resell things. When you go to a garage sale, thrift store, retail arbitrage, all that stuff, make sure you know your numbers. Mm-hmm. You know, look at the eBay sold listings, look at what it's selling for, know the fees and the shipping and everything that it goes in it. Because at the end of the day, it could be from you making money or losing money. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I know that eBay fees can be a little confusing, you know, for certain people, but overestimate overestimate and say that you're ta- they're going to take out a guaranteed 14% from the final value. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? After right. that, then do your, do your thing, you know, see what it's selling for. You know, yeah. you got yeah. tools like Terapeak that eBay offers with a subscription that, you know, the trends of what's, you know, if you type in um, Charizard PSA nine, it'll tell you the trend of how it's going, you know? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of Terapeak. Terapeak. Um, Terapeak is a free tool that eBay provides for you if you have a store subscription and you can do okay. research. Like if you type in women's jeans, it mm-hmm. tells you how many have sold a certain months and then the trend, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. The trend line of actual sales, not necessarily listings. Exactly. Exactly. That's really cool. Cause that'll be helpful for a lot of people because, um, you know, if, if they expect if year over year, something is ramping up at a certain part of the year, they can kind of prepare for that trend if that's what they're mm-hmm. wanting to do. Yeah. Um, that's really nice. And, um, going back to the fees and I try to plug this kind of every so often, but I can definitely understand. Um, so me, myself, when I first started, selling a few things on eBay. Cause I would like randomly find things on clearance. I'm like, Oh, okay, well I can make a profit here. What I didn't take into consideration are all the fees, including like the final shipping uh, fee that they, that they put on there, the, you know, the PayPal fee and then the shipping fee. So right in the beginning, I was listing things at a loss and I didn't realize mm-hmm. it until I was having to print out the shipping labels. Like, Damn it. Yeah. What the hell? Especially, I need to be smarter I about this. You know, I live in Tennessee. So if you ship something to California, it's a pretty penny, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, even, even the light thing. So, so for myself and, and I know a lot of people out there do have problems with this, but I know other tools exist, but since I'm a developer, I, I wanted to go ahead and build a profit calculator that, that helps people calculate out those margins so that they know, okay, this is something to sell. This is something I shouldn't Mm. sell. And I mean, honestly, I kind of made it very selfishly because, you know, if I'm at target, it's hard for me to go in and like, okay, I need to calculate this and need to calculate this and then this, and then switching between eBay and the sold listings and looking at the item and, and doing all that research, it can be hard. So I especially made it mobile friendly so that you could do that right in the store, which that's awesome is really cool. And I really like, I try to tell people about it because it's just like, it's just for free. It's just a resource to, t- to show people that, you know, you can do these things a lot more easily and make better decisions. I want people to be able to make better informed decisions when they have the data. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a data nerd. 
That's what yeah, for sure. And the data is there, but people are so they're too lazy to do it. You know, mm -hmm. they want it easy. Like for example, okay, so I had somebody DM me on Instagram. I hope it's a kid. I don't know him, <laughs> but like he was like, and it started on Monday. It was like, hey, man, I'm looking into getting into Pokemon. You know, what should I buy? You know, da, da, da. And I was like, well, what's your budget? What are you looking to do? You know, he's like, well, I want to I want to buy something, hold on to it, and then resell it down the road. And uh -huh. I was like, okay, cool. It's like, well, you know, if you I don't know what your money situation is, but I would invest in something vintage 2003 or earlier Wizard of the Coast. The guy every day, he would send me all these messages, you know, show me pictures of think different charizards on ebay should i buy this one should i buy this one and i keep telling them, well you know i would send them websites here's a card you know here's a website with all the cards from each set study it look on ebay look at the sold listings all that stuff i you know laid it out for him and he would still you know message me hey should i buy this should i buy this you know to a point to where he was buying dumb stuff you know he mm -hmm. would have you know buyer beware you know you know, he would see a picture of a, you know, shiny Charizard for $30. But the description is, this is a wrap, a lottery. It's like, you could have a chance to win this shiny Charizard. Oh, yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it's like, yeah. he wasn't even reading the description to what he was buying. So mm -hmm. it's like, when you get that diglet, you're, and you wonder where your Charizard is, you, you, you're not going to get a refund because it's all laid out there for you. Right. So fine print. Yeah. So do your research guys, if you're going to buy anything and if it's, if it's uh, too good to be true, then probably too good is. to be true, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, for that's sure. my rant for the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the other thing, um, the other thing too, when it comes to, you know, buying things that are, are too good to be true. Um, you know, on top of that, a lot of people say, or what's that, what's that, um, quote that's always attributed to um warren buffett is when the market is buying um you don't buy and when the market is selling you don't sell um i think too that applies on an individual level so if you have this moment of very emotionally oh my god i've got to buy that's probably a moment to say hold up mm -hmm. hold up let let me not buy because my emotions are telling me to buy right because it's really hard to to um, when you see an opportunity or you think you see an opportunity, um, sometimes it's really hard to only operate on logic. And like, I do it, I'm guilty of it 100% too. And it's like a, you know, it's just like a discipline that you kind of have to build in yourself, you know, like, let me take a step back. Let me kind of look at everything again. You know, if it's too good to be true, or, or if, if I find a listing that doesn't seem to have too much activity, you know, an auction that has too much activity, but the cards look awesome, you know, or the seller hit. Or the seller has zero feedback. Yes. Let's talk about that, you know? Oh my gosh, yes. I like, like you, you, like before you buy something, before you pull the trigger, do that. And and I've been, I have been guilty of not checking and I've not really had any issues. So like, thank God, knock on wood. I mean, my, my moment might happen, but uh, where I get screwed, but yeah, you've got to check those things. You've got to check their feedback. Um, and also feedback for the item too, the listing as well, because sometimes sure. people will go in there and say, Hey, this card was fake. Like I've bought fake cards before. Like when I didn't really know what I was doing or I didn't do my research, I've bought mm -hmm. fake cards. Now, Proxies. granted, I, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, proxies. Um, I should have known because um, like literally in the listing, there's a sticker at the bottom uh, because it was sealed, right? And there's a mm -hmm. sticker at the bottom that said made in China. And I know a lot of the proxies have been made in, like I knew that already, that shit was being made in China and it literally told me. So uh, no. I, I, I didn't pay attention. I should have known better, but I mean, you, you live and you learn, right? So oh, that's, like, that's what I like to call, um, idiot tax. You know, you learn, <laughs> you know, it's one of those growing pains. We all make mistakes. You know, we all have to grow, you know, sometimes it's gotta, you learn from your mistakes, hopefully. And mm -hmm. that's just the cost of business. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. And I think, making those mistakes have made me definitely smarter in everything that I do. Oh, for sure. Because um, last year I started buying those Fortnite, um, those Fortnite uh, boxes. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with the Fortnite cards? You know what? I, I keep seeing, was that season one of Fortnite cards? Because yes. I know that season two is coming out. Yes. And I keep seeing out. those on the shelf. But when I, when Buy I would, them. you think so? Because yeah. when I did the math, when I mm -hmm. looked at them, and did the math there wasn't much profit on them when i when i saw them so i don't know if it's you know it just came out so it it just came out so there's gonna not there's not gonna be too much movement people are trying to figure out like what's in there and what's kind of valuable but um the reason why i say pick those up is because um the original boxes uh that came out last year in like june july those mm -hmm. were selling for like 20 bucks right um and, and I bought a whole bunch of those and every single one I was opening to flip. Um, what I should have done though, is I should have kept them sealed or at least maybe half of them or some of them kept them sealed because right now those $20 boxes are going for like 300 bucks on eBay, right? So so even just like a few weeks ago, they were selling for over a hundred. And then because the series two started coming out, mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember when the, the hobby boxes first were sold on panini they, they it was, sold it was recent because i saw them yeah. maybe a week a week or so ago yeah so so what what i would do is well what i wished i would have done and now that i know um is buy them just just because of pull rates and and you don't always know the pull rates for for Fortnite really aren't that bad especially when you buy those boxes because you're guaranteed at least or at least in the series one you're at least guaranteed two uh cracked hollows uh for for each box right so so that's not bad at all but you would have still had some benefit from hanging on to it and re and and just like keeping it sealed and and then flipping it for later if that's what you wanted like right now would be an excellent time to flip and so going from 20 bucks to 300 that's a pretty solid oh, ROI. so very solid very solid yeah i know that, um, that goes keeping stuff resealed or sealed is good for pokemon also because if you sell a you know let's say you sell you know a pack mm -hmm. someone gets it you sell on ebay someone gets it they could claim it was a resealed pack you know Mm -hmm. if you have something that's sealed you know they can't really claim that it's been resealed or whatever you know it's a little harder to replicate mm -hmm. and a little harder exactly. to prove unless yeah. you're collectibles guru you know i don't know if you saw that fake um box opening are you talking about the one that was resealed it went for like 375 yes. something like that and it was resealed that box was so obviously fake. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to tell 
what I will say, it's kind of hard to tell because I believe it's either the first box or the first edition version of the box that doesn't have the seal with the Wizards of the Coast yeah. logo. Yeah, so, it doesn't. The first edition one doesn't. Yeah, okay. So, so, but it still looked, it still looked shady. Yeah. It looked shady. Like, like, I don't have any sealed, um, pokemon booster boxes but i've got magic the gathering booster boxes mm -hmm. and you know it's wizards of the coast so it's all gonna look very similar and it just mm -hmm. didn't look right it just didn't look right so yeah. you know do you collect a lot of the um magic the gathering is that what you m mostly collect yeah um so i've got a lot of different things that i collect um i want to say probably the thing that i have of most that know least about is baseball because uh, I was collecting those when I was a kid in the 90s. And so, like, those bulk cards have just, you know, piled up over time. Bulk, mm -hmm. I don't have anything crazy valuable. They're all, like, reprints of uh, really valuable cards. But but um, I do have, I don't have an incredible amount of magic. But um, I was, for a time in uh, 2019, buying the core sets. Uh, the core set for 2019, opening those and flipping them. But I wasn't really finding much success with that where I was actually covering the cost of the box, even mm. if I was able to get it at a really good price, like for example, 80 bucks around that. Um, I still wasn't able to, to really cover the cost of that. So what I've been doing instead is just buying certain boxes and, and it, like acquiring some boxes that seem either low value right now and appreciate over time. I just yeah. keep them and sealing them. So are keeping them sealed, <laughs> not, not resealing them. Is I there a that. limit? I know if you play competitively, do they cut off certain dates of the cards that you can use? Yeah. Um, so, so what I, will I know, say, cause when I, and I hate to interrupt you, I keep doing that. I'm sorry. Uh, but you know, when it, you know, I'd never necessarily, I collected the Pokemon cards when I was a kid, but I never really played the game. Mm -hmm. I played a lot of Magic the Gathering. And then oh, got cool. Yeah. So then later, I found. Do you like, have a Lotus? Once, no, I don't. No, oh. not at all. Not, like, I couldn't even tell you the cards that I had. You know, I would just buy them and play them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But uh, then I got back into it when I was, you know, I don't know, probably like around 2010. You know, like I found a friend that was into it and I was like, oh, I know what that is. And so you know, we started playing. We would buy booster boxes and kind of like draft the cards that we wanted. You know, and then we went, you know, go to the card stores and play in tournaments and get obliterated, you know, mm, it's just, yeah. I don't know, but I got out of it, you know, just because I don't have anybody to play with, you know, but, uh, but yeah, you know, so that was really my first TCG, you know, is uh, Magic the Gathering. What happened to those cards? I have no idea. They're sitting, some, uh, they're somewhere, you know, they're probably oh, in my mother's house somewhere. Oh. I have no idea what, what happened to those cards. If you find them, you've got, you've got to post it. We, we yeah. got to know what you have because. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, I was smart, you know, when I was a kid, you know, I couldn't really, you know, get a lot of magic, the gathering cards. So I would buy, you know, like the deck boxes, things that had like a lot of cards, mm, you know, not a lot yeah. of booster packs, things that I would, you know, I would get a lot of cards or I needed a card that was like the promo card, things like that. You know, I would go to um, books a million. That's where I would go and buy all yeah. my, my cards. Mm -hmm. So. yeah were you do you know what sets you were buying do you remember i have no clue <laughs> okay. i mean it would have it would have been 2000 2001 okay 
you know, like when I was a kid, you know, around mm-hmm. there, around like uh, middle school, high school. Okay. You know? Yeah, I was probably ninety nine. Probably started in ninety nine and kind of you know played till like two thousand two thousand one. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I hope you end up getting back into it. Um, you should uh, send me your address so I can send you some cards so that you can start making some decks. Cause come on, I'm terrible. I've played a few times. Um, my brother was showing me how to create a deck. I thought it was really kind of cool, like yeah. how strategic it can get. Um, but I don't know really how many people to play. I had it was a recently when I first got back into it. I had a uh, cat. I called it my Captain America deck because mm-hmm. it had uh, you know red blue and then the white oh nice Nice. that's what i called it that's a cap yeah that's a cap Mm -hmm. deck for sure um yeah but you know going back to your question about um uh like tournaments and what Mm -hmm. cards you could play and not play with yeah um, i know it depends on the tournament because i know there's so many different game styles with different rules and um i think it's called legends it might be the game style where any card goes so so in that case if you've got like any of the mox nine or the lotus those are those are free game and you can put those in your deck and those are very op cards from like original um original original but but i don't think i'm pretty sure those cards are not maybe like maybe a certain special random tournament where you can play that that style that game of magic you can but i know like if it's just people at their house chilling they can make Mm -hmm. whatever rules they want you know whatever cards they want to have i think at this point if you've got a mox or if you've got a lotus in your deck like it better be extra protected (laughs) that's all i gotta say because those cards are just going for for crazy right now so for sure yeah those are those are definitely the charizards of magic for sure I remember I just had a really fond memory of, you know, when we would all ride bicycles and people would put, um, you know, baseball cards on their bicycles and then it would like oh, the spokes yeah. would hit. Uh-huh. Mine had a magic card like on, on there, you know, yeah. like a mana that would, I know, <laughs> such a nerd. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not all nerds here. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's all good. I just remember that I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I would be, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm cool. You know, I got my, got my mana on my, on my bicycle. <laughs> Well, man, that's, that's awesome. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, th- those were good times. I- I'm really, I'm really glad that you had magic back in the day. And you said that you also collected Pokemon back in the day. So do yeah. you still have those cards? Like, tell us what you I got. I don't have any of those cards because they got no. taken out by Mrs. Cranch, my teacher. Oh, Still a little hell? salty about those cards. I never got them back either. Dude. So, but no, so I got, you know, I'm going back and really collecting, you know, what I want. And, um, you know, the thing that I got back into collecting, you know, just from being a, um, you know, a reseller, if you will, is that, you know, everyone, you know, got hyped up on collecting sports cards. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know, I know a pretty, I know a lot about sports, you know, I play football all my life, but thinking about it is like, I don't think that's a good investment to buy sports cards, you know, because the market goes up up and down so much depending on how that player is performing mm-hmm. or if they get hurt or what's going on in their play. So it's really more of a riskier move. So I, and then, and then I said, you know what, let me look into this Pokemon thing. 
mm-hmm. you know, and then I kept seeing trends of it going up. So I started, you know, buying, you know, slowly researching, buying stuff up. And, uh, and then, you know, Corona hit pandemic hit, mm-hmm. you know, which actually for the Pokemon investing and selling, I think it was kind of the perfect storm because everyone got their stimulus check and they just blew it mm-hmm. on stuff that they on wanted. Pokemon. And then you had, you know, influencers like Logan Paul opening up these really expensive boxes and it was just kind of a, you Searching know, it just kind of blew time. up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of a perfect storm, but you know, I'm getting my collection. I had a friend, uh, someone that I met off of TikTok. He uh, found this guy that he usually goes and buy stuff from, and he had a bunch of sports cards and he had a binder of Pokemon cards. I was like, man, if you, when you get there, call me and then I can let you know if there's anything good in them. And uh, the guy had, it was all unlimited set, you know, base set two, team rocket, okay. um, fossil, you know, like the binder was nice, you know? And uh, I offered him a hundred dollars for it and he took it, which was, it's, I think it was over $700, seven, 700 cards. Holy including crap. energies but it wasn't a lot of them so i figured hey any binder damage um i don't know because i wasn't you know there looking at them mm-hmm. but needless to say i paid less than a dollar per card and it's a vintage card so if i don't keep it in my collection i can resell it and make you know definitely make my money back off of it oh 100 yeah. 100 um one of the things that um, I wanted to ask you that I thought was a pretty important question and something that that I'm sure collectors, like all different types of collectors struggle with, but with you being a reseller and then also being a collector, how do you balance the two? You know, because you might you might get something graded that you initially intended to resell and then you get it back and you're like, oh, this is so nice. I kind of don't want to get rid of it. Like, like, how do you balance that? It, it varies. Like, let's talk about like Pokemon cards, right? You know, we talk about how modern sets, it's not really good to invest on a short term unless you pull something crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would, you know, if people were, if you, people want a card, you'll be better off buying the card straight out than buying packs and hopefully getting the card. Right. You know what I mean? Agreed. But there is certain ways to kind of make money off of modern sets which is i call it kind of like retail arbitrage because it'll have either target will have a glitch in their system or walmart or there'll be certain things that you can price match or whatever so like for instance i came across you know you'll see it you know there's a listing on walmart.com sold by walmart for two things is the pokeball for 350 which contains three cards or you can find these tins that you can price match for 250 right from mm-hmm. walmart.com if you find the correct associate at either walmart or target they'll price match it for you right right, right. so you can take that advice and then for instance i was able to buy these i think these go for like 12 bucks or something like that $10. i was gonna say yeah yeah so something like that and they contain two packs they recently did a reprinting off of this off of this um, they used to have an evolutions pack in it. Now it doesn't have it anymore, but, mm-hmm. but whatever. But um, I was able to go to target and price match these tins. And I was able to buy four, four of the box, like cases boxes, which had 10 of them. 
-hmm. each box had 10 of these tins still sealed. So I'm paid like around $25 for the box, right? Oh, wow. Took that, sold it on eBay, made, you know, sold it for like 70 bucks. You know what I mean? So it's like you can right. find certain things to, you know, sell, sell those cards and then make money that way. And then you can buy, you know, you know, what whatever you want. You want. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a certain way. But to answer your question, how do you decide to keep what to keep and what to sell? I mean, it's, it's your pref it's preference. Like, like most of the stuff that I have back there, it's either from a garage sale, find someone's collection, you know, things that, you know, you have a nostalgic attachment to, or you, you're not going to see, or it's rare, or you're just, you know, things like that, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, man, I'm going to keep this. Cause I don't know if I'm going to see this again, or it's going to go up in value, maybe, you know, 10 or five years down the road, you know? Right. Yeah. I've been definitely, um, yeah, 100%. The things that you like the most, you should probably just keep because it's probably more fulfilling that way. But then the other thing too with Pokemon, at least for vintage, well, I mean, honestly, probably across the board, across vintage and modern, you know, holding on to things, it will definitely appreciate in value um, over time. I mean, we saw that with magic, you know, it's still holding strong. It's never really gone down in general. I mean, obviously there's dips, but anyways, um, but um, when it comes to the, the other thing too, for myself, I guess me personally, I'm thinking one thing that kind of helps me hold on to things other than the fact that there's the nostalgia of it, but also too, you're probably selling it for a little bit less than what you probably could, you know, two years, five years, 10 years from now. And so honestly, like for me, I've kind of shifted my thought into like, let me obviously keep the coolest things that, that I enjoy, but also thinking about it from the perspective of a nest egg too. Mm -hmm. And if I do want to keep some things to potentially liquidate in the future, five, 10 years from now, then that then let me just get multiples of things. Like I have a whole bunch of Machops and Abras and um, just like cards that I really enjoyed when I was a kid that I do intend to go get graded. So if I have five or six or seven of those a piece, I'm, I'm okay with selling part of it. If, if I want to get a, have a down payment on a house or something, who, who knows how much they'll be, um, in the future. I know they'll probably be more obviously, but, um, especially if they're, you know, in really good condition. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so that's definitely the case, but, um, yeah, I think, I think sometimes too, like that opportunity cost or that, like, or that FOMO of, or, or I guess maybe seller's remorse. I know when the market first boomed, my my uh, PSA 10s uh, first edition shadowless cards I it, like I had kind of put Pokemon away for for like six months prior I wasn't really paying crazy much attention to my individual cards but then all of a sudden you know just boom it went 2x 3x 4x 5x and and um, I, I was thinking like holy crap like I'm I'm looking at like more than 100 bucks of profit easily ROIs really, really great. Um, and then I was going to start listing them. And then I realized I had to pull back because I'm like, hold up. If they're this price right now, what will they be in the future? Exactly. So, and it's like, is that hundred bucks worth it to get rid of it, of your collection? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, it's like, 100%. man, I really like this is a hundred bucks worth it. You know, down the road, if it's just sitting in a shelf, 
or not being displayed or, you know, just sitting there mm-hmm. and you kept it. And then you have a collector that really wants it. And then you make more than the hundred bucks. And it's like, let it go to that collector you, or right. someone that really, really wants it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, that's another thing. Like, I don't know if you saw, um, you know, the famous Gary Charizard, Gary selling one of his Charizards to uh, Logan because yeah. it's like, man, he really wanted, and like, you could tell it's like, this guy really wants this card and it's going to appreciate it, you know, and it's not going to go to somebody that's going to hopefully not resell it down the road. You know what I mean? It's right. Like that right person. Like I would let go of some of my collection if somebody, you know, the right person really wants it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I can understand that. And, and going back to your point of like, is the hundred dollars worth it? You know, even though the ROI is there and it's really nice to me, the other thing too, I'm like, okay, I can liquidate all of this and, you know, get a thousand plus dollars, but what am I going to do with that? How am I going to turn it to make it into something even better than what I had before? You know? Yeah. Unless you want to take the hundred dollars and buy something that you really, really want, you know, like Mm -hmm. I want the new, I want a first edition shadowless Charizard PSA 10. Mm-hmm. PSA nine, you know, whatever, something that you don't have. It's like, I can do this for that. You know what I mean? Right. Or those, those Bandai Pokemon cards. Those card ass. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm, do you have any? I don't. And I want them so bad, you know, cause Get the, the artwork that, what is it? Ken, Ken, uh, Sor- Sorgimori, the original designer uh-huh. you know, the, from the artwork. It's like, right chef's kiss it's, it's solid oh, i love it's them so yeah. nice i've been i've been collecting some of those um and and right before the boom i had collected a few which was really nice but then and now there's like a little bit of a premium but i still think yeah. those cards are probably getting a lot less attention than maybe they deserve so it's nice to have and and i'd be curious to know your thoughts on maybe what cards are not getting attention that they deserve but definitely that set those old card ass oh, cards so nice those old bondies are for sure underrated right now just in the, my opinion. like the artwork in general it's like oh it's beautiful you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's like something that you could if you don't put it in a slab you can put it in a frame and display it you know what i mean oh, it's yeah. like art oh you yeah. know oh, to totally. me, you know i mean all the original pokemon art i mean all of it's art but it's like that particular the original artwork for the pokemon it's just like it's classic you know oh for sure and and i was having this conversation with i, I don't know if you're familiar with him on ig but um dulce pokemon he is uh his name is charlie i've had him on the podcast before a few times but one of the things that him and i talked about is is you know like a whole bunch of whales and and other folks have been coming into the hobby relatively new, or maybe they're just rediscovering the hob the hobby, you know, because they were collecting them when they were kids and they're coming back into it. Um, you know, they'll have the most popular sets, right? Like like the most popular sets of the Watsy vintage, those are gonna go up and those are gonna have the premiums and they're gonna have what they have and then they're not gonna buy anything. Yeah. from those sets because they'll have it so then what they'll probably look to is they'll probably look to smaller niches of the the hobby where um the, you know they don't have those cards and then they want to collect all those so i think cardass the the bondi cardass cards are going to be a part of that um mm-hmm. those tops cards the uh, 1990 yeah. was it 1999 tops cards like those are just like 
I don't know truly how rare they are, but those are those niche cards that, that, you know, really hardcore sellers do have. And I think people will start to put themselves in these, these niches in these pockets. So you kind of want to diversify, um, you know, team rocket is great. Like unlimited is great. First edition shadow is great. I think uh, a Seva is really underrated in my opinion and is the legacy collection set. Mm -hmm. Those reverse hollows. Mm -hmm. They're beautiful, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's like, that's so, I, I feel like that's the evolution of back then, when, you know, when they reprinted everything, you know, again, but those reverse hollow cards and the prices on those are actually going up too. So, but those are, I mean, those, that's a beautiful set, beautiful mm-hmm. set. Do you, do you have any of that in your collection? I don't, I just, um, I have so many cards that I'm looking to get sent into PSA and I'm trying to figure out the best third party um, person to send them into. And I just keep buying stuff, you know, <laughs> and it's like one day I'll send it in, you know, uh-huh. yeah. you know, like I pulled a shiny Charizard V from champions path a while nice. back. And then it's like, I like the card, but I would rather have like a, like a Sabrina's Gengar or like, you know just something like that you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's i'm like, with you i'm with you know, you. like i would rather like that art is you know like the venusaur on in that set too like i would rather have that or save enough money to get like a dark charizard you know from Oof, team rocket yeah. you know mm-hmm. like something like that that uh to me i would like more than having a shiny charizard but right that new set that's coming out in february i don't know if you heard mm. hidden what is it um it's not hidden fates. It's uh, shining fates. Shining fates. Interesting. I think I've heard this name get thrown around. Yeah, shining fates releasing in February. It's gonna be a lot like hidden fates. A lot of shiny Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It's got a shiny VMAX Charizard. It's Ooh. so nice. Mm-hmm. It's amazing looking. That that would be the only card that would have really want out of that set. Mm. It's so it's so good. You know, one of the things that one of the things that I will say about the modern sets is even though there's huge print runs of them, um, they I think Pokemon and Nintendo, they've been doing a really good job, I think, of keeping people interested in terms of the visual. Like when I started seeing the textures of those secret rares, um, the hollows, I mean, honestly, the reverse rares look really cool too. In my opinion, I think, I think the hollows just look awesome. The texture is awesome. The full art. I'm like, what is this full art stuff? I don't know. I'm not used to this. Like I'm, I'm a vintage, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a boomer. I, I, Mm -hmm. I like the old stuff. Um, but I can never knock. You're not that old. You're not boomer status. (laughs) No, no, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But, um, but like, Honestly, sometimes I feel that way though, because I just like, you know, all the young kids are super into the modern and I'm just stuck in my vintage world. But, um, but one thing you cannot knock about the modern sets is how cool they look. Even if you don't know the Pokemon, I'm still learning the Pokemon, these new, these new areas. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely feel like I, I, you know, uncharted waters for a lot of them. I don't even know how to pronounce some of the names, but. Oh no. Yeah, for sure. But it makes for great TikTok videos because everyone comments and tells you that it's it's supposed to be like this, you know, yeah. and it just helps with the algorithm and it pushes your video forward, you know. So so next TikTok video comes out, if I hear a whole bunch of mispronunciations, I'll know I, why. I'll I told my wife, I said, I, I was th- talking to my wife yesterday, you know, because my wife, you know, she doesn't know like any, you know, she knows like 
Pikachu and like Jigglypuff, you know, like the main, mm-hmm. you know, like the girly ones. And I was like, hey, we I want to start a TikTok series to where it's like name that Pokemon and you just guess the name of the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like show a picture and it's like you just guess it. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that series is gonna is gonna do well because it's it's gonna be hilarious, you know, mm-hmm. especially sure. with some of these new Pokemon. You know, like one of them is like Flapple, which is like an apple. Have you seen that one? Yeah. It's yeah, like, it's come familiar. on. Yeah. yeah. The, a lot of the names have gotten kind of silly. Like, Yeah, very silly. Very silly. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say, other than actually like buying modern sets and opening those up, Pokego- Pokemon Go has helped me a little bit. With those. You still, I, I've, I have not opened up that app for a long time. Yeah. Since um, the boom you know since since the beginning um so i hadn't i I opened it back up about a year or so ago because i'm like i'm trying to be like more active in general i'm like i'm gonna get bored when i'm outside maybe walking or whatever so let me open up pokemon go and give me something to do and i'm really glad that i did because when it first came out i loved it but it fucking sucked because of Mm -hmm. the servers crash and i couldn't get in like it was so frustrating um back then and and it's improved a lot now um it's very stable the the servers are very stable and whatnot so and and they do a lot of things to keep it really interesting so i like it it's nice if you get back into it you gotta add me yeah i just don't have the time Mm -hmm. you know like i've been trying to you know like you know i love playing video games and i just don't have the time you know with you know reselling and my full-time job and it's just it's just a lot, you know, and then other, other things, you know, hanging out. I like to eat too. So I go to all these, re- you know, restaurants and try uh-huh. new things out, try new beers, try new wines, you know, things like Ooh. that. So it's like, I wish I had the time, you know, it's a lot, it's yeah. a lot of time. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I would agree with you on that. Um, that there, there's so, there's never enough time. Like there's never enough time. Like, like I doing- recently just beat like Red Dead Redemption 2 like maybe a month ago and i've been playing that game for like since it came out you know which is like one of my favorite game you know like i still haven't beaten breath of the wild you know and i've had it since i've since it's came out and i absolutely love that game but it just my wife has um taken over the switch since animal crossing came out oh so it's like it's hard for me to even play on it you know (laughs) I, I I definitely get that. I know for myself, because uh, I, I do a lot of gaming as well. Um, I've been trying to like over the COVID really prioritize fitness. And so what I've started mm. doing because it's too damn cold outside to, to go running or biking outside. Um, I'll actually bike and play Age of Calamity, which I just bought. And I'm like playing all the way a- through it. Oh, okay. The new Zelda game. Yeah. Yeah. Hyrule Warriors. And, and you're like funny? inside biking and playing it on the like yeah. stationary bicycle oh that's yeah. cool yeah i mean i mean obviously i'm not going crazy intense on the bike but like that's not the point the point is yeah. to like is it Move. better to sit down yeah exactly like if i'm going to play for an hour and a half like well you might as well just like bike and and mm-hmm. the point is just to be active like yes. not crazy fit but fitness is very or just taking care of yourself mentally physically is very important i mm-hmm. agree with you 100 percent. and if you have trouble like holding yourself accountable to that something like that is really good you know you're kind of like i guess killing two birds with one stone or just do something that you really do something that's a little out of the box that holds you accountable one of the things that i do 
is a um i do uh krav maga which is like an israeli yeah. yeah so it's yeah. like these are my belts over here over there somewhere over here so it's like oh I, okay yeah yeah so i'm i'm like fixing a test for my black belt in march nice okay so it's like yeah so i've been doing that for a lot of years and the test itself is like four hours long mm-hmm. wow you have to meet all these physical requirements like run a mile in so many minutes push-ups sit-ups to even take the actual test so something like that that holds you accountable you know it's mm-hmm. like you see your progress you know then it's 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 really good so i encourage people to you know make sure you're taking care of your body mentally and physically and men- the mental part is doing something that you enjoy like collecting 100%. pokemon cards you know oh yeah oh yeah or doing whatever you want you know it's like you're helping people you know mm-hmm. yeah i i couldn't agree with you more and part of the motivation for myself and and wanting to be very active is is uh in march for my particular company that i work for you know my my normal job um we we obviously went fully remote and we've been fully remote since and we expect to be fully remote through next year june oh and, wow and probably for a long time beyond that um just because we've been so effective anyways um so when i realized that i'm looking at seven to eight hours a day of just sitting down because literally what i do is is i'm a developer i i I develop things i'm also a data analyst so i i analyze data so i'm at a desk and if i expect to be working for at least the next 15 years we're going to be sitting down for so much during the day so what can i do to make sure that i stay active and that my body doesn't over time deteriorate because that that happens you you know you're young and then all of a sudden you realize you're not as young as you used to be yeah (laughs) yeah exactly and and so what do you do you know what are some things that you do so some of the things i've been doing is like obviously the bike like what we talked about sometimes i just get really really bored when i'm working out so i've got to like watch netflix or like i said with the bike it's so convenient i can play age of calamity on it and and it works out great for me but also like having a standing desk um i decided Mm -hmm. to invest in a standing oh nice um yeah so it's really good it it it, you know there's little things you can do over time and it's not like a super rush but um just starting to to get that way because i love what i do i love the many things that i do so um like how do you accommodate like health with that you know Mm -hmm. because like again 15 years, easily 15 years of continuous work, you know, <laughs> like that, those things add up. So yeah, I agree. I'm in the same boat that you are. I sit at a desk eight to 10 hours a day. I do accounting work. So I'm in the accounting field and, you know, you looking like at numbers. spreadsheets, and spreadsheets <laughs> and stuff all day. So uh-huh. by the end of the day, I'm ready to punch something. So that's why I go to my martial arts class and do a little sparring and rolling yes. around. Uh-huh. And that's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't have picked something better to do. That that's really cool. Um, I know. One I would thing- recommend if you if you're into martial arts, something like that. It's it's pretty not. You know, I got a lot of girls that are black belts, second degree black belts, and they're just bad. They, they kick ass. They're yeah, bad to the bone. Like I would not ever want to mess with it. And they're like a hundred pounds, soaking wet. You know what I mean? Oh it's like, yeah. But they're pit bulls. You know. Mm-hmm. 
that that's cool that you do Krav Maga because uh, I I used to a few years ago live in Texas and I actually started taking a Krav Maga class, which oh, was awesome. which was really cool. I ended up moving, um, so I didn't I did it for like maybe a month or two, um, and then since moving, I haven't really found a place I can go to. Um, but a few things that I'm really interested in because I I like the striking, but then I also really like um, self defense. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, self-defense in general, but, um, I have been looking at BJJ places. It's just really mm-hmm. hard because of COVID. Like yes. I, I went to one place and like, they seemed really cool, but my problem was, is that no one was wearing masks and you could at least wear masks. Like, like mm-hmm. th- there's only so much you can do ultimately. Like, like, of course, when you're touching people and, and grappling, like th- there's it's risk. Tough. Yeah, there's a lot it's of risk. tough all around. So I'm just like, because um, I actually I'm getting a little personal, but I actually help take care of grandparents and they're mm-hmm. old and I have to take extra precaution, no, you know, because I sure. might be safe, but they're not exactly. So it could be devastating for him, for them, for you to get sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely agree with you. Mm-hmm. So I- I'm really hoping like when we get to normal, I can start doing some BJJ, but I freaking, I want to do BJJ. I want to learn some boxing. I want to learn some Muay yeah. Thai. I want to do all of it. I I, I love it. I lo- I've always loved like the fighting arts when I was a kid, but I, but my parents, we can never really afford to do those things. Mm-hmm. And so now as an adult, you know, you might as well just learn how to kick some ass. Yeah. Like, why not? And, and Krav Maga is a great one. It, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a great one to do because you stay fit and you learn some self-defense and confidence exactly. and all that. Like, that's what I love about fighting sports is when you kind of start building a momentum with it you feel real confident but also like especially when i meet bjj people they are hella humble hella humble people because when you when you're rolling with someone and your your ego gets checked you know that humility oh for sure it grows yeah without a doubt yeah any kind of fighting arts it's humbling for sure because it's like man there's any opportunity someone can whoop my butt, you know, or this mm-hmm. person can, this hundred, this hundred pound woman can like Light choke me up. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that really yeah. puts things into perspective. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's cool. That's cool. So I'm guessing you watch a lot of MMA then or I boxing. Do. Yeah. It's, it's fun. You know, growing up one of the, I guess, fondest memories, you know, my dad, you know, he's still around, but you know, I just remember, like he was a big boxing fan we would buy all the tyson fights the the you know the julio caesar chavez fights the de la hoya fights you know like mm-hmm. Roy jones jr like that was my memory of like me sitting down in front of the tv and just like watching boxing you know what That's i mean awesome. and yeah. it's like it's just cool you know did you I just, catch did you catch tyson and i jones? did nice. i did catch What'd it you think? it was um Tyson did a lot better than I thought he would. Roy mm-hmm. Jones Jr. did a lot worse than I thought he would. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I felt like it was the tie. You clearly saw that Tyson won. They, mm-hmm. I bet they had some sort of agreement not to hit each other certain ways. And they probably had an agreement that it was going to be a tie at the end of the match. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it's an exhibition. It's, it was fun. It's fun. Yeah. You know, things like that. It's just like, I don't know. Tyson looked good, lost a hundred pounds. I'm sure he's on some sort of performing enhancement, you know, that makes him look like that, but, mm-hmm. uh, but he's a beast. 
you know yeah yeah Tyson i would agree one of, tyson's one of my favorite box you know it's just he was just a beast you know oh for sure and and you could tell like he was still hitting hard yeah i mean if yeah but i mean i would like to see him in there with maybe someone that actually boxes you know and have like a full match but he's old you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. it's not the same mm-hmm. i mean you could tell his cardio was good like everything was good everything looked good mm-hmm. yeah yeah 100 i was really hoping because um i don't know i was really hoping to see more of um roy jones jr because yeah. i mean he was he was hopping around and he, he was doing a lot of things he, he had a lot of movement going on but i was really hoping he would land more um it didn't seem like he was landing landing as no, much no he looked so. uh, he looked exhausted yeah he looked like he was a fish out of water you know mm-hmm. i mean but much respect to those guys oh you know? without a doubt because it's yeah. a risk oh yeah oh yeah for sure but i, I hope they start doing that again I-, I think it'd be really cool to see like i, I don't know a 15 up league I guess uh-huh. to just start coming out because I feel like obviously those boxes are going to be, I mean, nothing against the boxes that we have currently, but you know, some, some like old school strategy. Cause I think, so I'm still learning about boxing in general. And so um, it's really cool to know that, well, obviously a, there's a lot of strategy and a lot of things that kind of go into it. And, and I'm learning a lot of those cool, like different types of styles but i think i'm sure it'd be really interesting for uh people to see maybe old styles come back you know and just um yeah like like how they'd fare against against each other or maybe mm-hmm. you know matchups that that they we didn't get to see when they were at their primes like tyson and roy jones jr mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly so <laughs> but it was yeah, fun well, cool. it was fun yeah yeah well um that was an interesting place to go. Um, I know, right? Kind of <laughs> I guess, I guess kind of like bringing it back to just, I guess, Pokemon and hobby collecting in general. I mean, um, one of the things that I really feel whether or not people are flippers, like if you are a hobby collector in general, just no matter what, I feel like regardless of whether or not you flip things, you need to know how to sell things because what we talked about before is people having to sell their collections and not getting as much money as they should because they aren't doing the research, the research. They're not like, like all of the lots that I've been seeing in that one collection that I ended up picking up in an auction. Um, that could have gone for so much more. They could have gotten so much more money if they sold those cards individually. Like there's so many things that they could have done. Um, there's some collections I'm seeing where, where they put all their cards like on their bed and it's just like, you don't even really see the individual card. It's just like, you know, a stack just kind of laying there of random ass cards. And I'm like, dude, you need money. Like we will buy it. We will buy your collection, but there are things you could do to get much more money. And it makes me sad yeah Um, well that's one of the i call it ebay arbitrage where you can actually buy things on ebay and then sell it on ebay again uh those sellers like that in particular that Mm -hmm. don't are in my opinion straight up just lazy and don't put in the work and just Mm want to get rid of it you know and put in the minimal effort to do anything and just put everything under market value is that you can to us to actually know what's going on is that you can actually buy that stuff and then 
take it and resell it back. Right. But there's a reason, and I'm not, you know, picking on anybody in particular, you know, do what you do, but a lot of people, the reason why they need money is because they probably have made some bad decisions along the way, or just didn't put in the effort or were Mm -hmm. lazy or whatever. And it kind of, it shows when they're trying to get rid of stuff, because like you said, they can individually list everything and make more money. Or they're just like, you know what, whatever, put it on, Mm -hmm. I'll get what I get out of it. I'm not worried. I'm not fooling with it. Right. So, you know, or things like that, or you have people that have passed away and their kids are trying to get rid of it or grandparents are trying to get rid of stuff. You know, people are selling off their collections because they're going, you know, doing certain things, but I couldn't agree with you more, but um, you just got to do the research, do your research, put, just in, do, the put in the work, just like anything in life, you take out what you put in, you know, and if you want to be successful with reselling or doing anything like that, you really got to put in the work, you know, Mm -hmm. do your research on, you know, just do, I can't stress it enough. You can (laughs) Google anything that you can Google every, anything that you need, you know? Right. Right. For sure. And, and even if, even if you don't want to put in the work and that's okay, if you don't want to put in the work, you obviously just have to accept the consequences. But the other thing too, is you have another option. You can consign. You can, you can consign your items away if you don't want to put in the work to sell, you know, there's those services out there. Um, but even then, if you don't put in the work, you can get, you can get burned, you Mm -hmm. know, not even knowing it because the consign, the consigner, they can see if you knowledgeable about whatever it is that you're trying to consign, Mm -hmm. they're going to take advantage of you, you know? Right. You do have to look out for yourself for yeah. sure. Or know, like for instance, let's say that you have an Evolutions Charizard card and then you want, you take it, you put on eBay and you want $200,000 for it because you saw a $200,000 first edition Shadowless PSA 10 sell. For tw- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people think it's the same thing because they didn't do the research, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Which, which talking about Evolutions, how many packs do you have left that you haven't opened? I have a lot. I have okay. a lot. I have I have four elite trainer boxes that I'm just keeping for my collection. Mm-hmm. And then I have I bought a lot of those um evolution tins that Target had for Black Friday for ten dollars. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those there's three or four packs of different cards, but but one of them is a evolutions. But I mean those are fun to open. Like I haven't pulled a Charizard out of that one. Like the one that, you know, people want, but right, it is what it is. You know right. what I mean? Down the road, they'll be worth, they, I mean, who knows, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think they could still appreciate. Yeah. That's the thing too. The only, a good down the road is going to be worth a lot because the Charizards of unlimited base set, base set two, people are going to be priced out of it. You know, right. if you're getting into the hobby, you're not going to pay a thousand dollars for a Charizard from back in the day. That might be the cheapest one. You know, it's like, you could probably pay a hundred dollars or $200 for an evolutions Charizard. If you just want a Charizard, you know, but that, you know, wizard of the coast stuff is not going to be printed anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it, going to be so know? rare. Yeah. So it's like, 
people won't be able to afford it and then they're gonna you know buy this next best thing you know yeah and that's why even though i i naturally have a nostalgic preference for vintage um you still want to kind of buy some modern i feel because let's say you know 20 30 years from now this generation's pokemon cards are going to be these modern sets right and you know at that point who knows where the vintage prices will be um so they might still be be priced out yeah Yeah, no for sure it's only going to go up i mean right now you can kind of see that the market is um correcting itself Mm -hmm. you know from the boom it's correcting itself but i don't think there'll ever be a dip you know it's just kind of the market plateauing exactly so but there'll be another boom because pokemon is the number one selling ip in the world more than star wars more than marvel more than you know it's the number one they sell a ton of stuff each generation i mean we grew up with gen one but there's gen two gen three gen four you know like all these Mm -hmm. kids grew up with this you know all the anime everything it's like their gener you know for us it's going to be gen one and then now gen two is popular you know um what is it um drawing a blake uh um not the pokemon that was on the the uh silver uh lugia oh uh, yeah lugia, uh-huh. lugia is like the charizard of gen two you know right. so you're starting to see the prices of lugia cards kind of go up Lugia just went up like crazy uh yeah. i was looking at a psa 10 what the hell what price did it go for it went for a lot yeah like like a few thousand psa 10 um anyways but you're totally right so lugia so you start seeing like lugia then it's like rayquaza it's like all these all these cards that from different generations they're only going to go up because the the thir- us me being 34 years old it's like the right that was like my like when pokemon hit i was like at that perfect age and mm-hmm. then it's like it's only gonna every time someone actually gets a a big boy job or big girl job you know when they're they you know get older they're gonna start buying the things that they wanted when they were kids mm-hmm. and pokemon be one of them and they're like oh i want to i want that you know whatever you know they grew up with card that they didn't get or you know what they the game that they played with you know 120 percent, which is why i tell people like I don't like the idea of trying to short-term flip modern cards. It, it's hard. It's tough. It's freaking tough. Like y- you're probably not going to make any money. It's, it's, it's a gamble. Like what we talked about, it's, it's a gamble. gamble, but, but keep it for 20, 30, 30 or so years. I mean, these kids will be in their thirties, you know, exactly. maybe forties. Like, um, I think that'll be a great, a great keep. And, you know, if you're a collector and, if you're a collector, you already know how to keep things. So keeping it for 10, 20, 30 years, it's not that big of a deal. Maybe at the end of the mm-hmm. day, depending on what kind of collector you are, I guess. But, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of set it and forget it kind of thing. Honestly, that's how I've been. Exactly. Um, Unless they start mass producing certain, you know, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with baseball cards as much as you are. But I know in the 90s, there was a, you know, they overproduced the cards. So that's yeah. sort of kind of killed off a lot of the sports market. Mm-hmm. And it's like, think about like Beanie Babies. Everyone bought Beanie <laughs> They made so many of them. 
that's the number that's the number one mistake when someone starts getting into reselling mm-hmm. and i get messages all the time what do you think about beanie babies what do you think about black diamond disney vhs tapes you know mm-hmm. it's like no don't that's like not no. good you know it's like don't do your research you know that's the number one thing that people want to get into when they first start reselling and then make those mistakes and buying things that were overproduced mass produced to make money but uh right yeah i mean and honestly the easiest way for people you obviously get a lot of questions on that in general like what to buy what not to buy i mean you can answer your own question by just looking at what's selling like that's exactly that's just what do you like what do you know what do you like to buy Mm -hmm. you're knowledgeable of and then find that particular thing and then sell it you know because you're knowledgeable about that whatever it is you know like with me video games collectibles things like that things that i know Mm -hmm. you know i don't have to look it up because i know what that costs right but if i'm looking up like a if I'm going to a thrift store and I see like a Mark Jacobs leather woman's purse, I'm not going to know the value of it. You know, I got to look it up because that's not my niche, uh-huh. but I know there's yeah. money in it, but the more that you do it, the more knowledge that you gain to sell stuff, you know? And then you start to have an eye for things. Exactly. You know, you can tell if you, let's say you go to Goodwill and you're looking through the rack of clothes, you can, sometimes you can touch the garment and you know, it's like, okay, this is worth money because of the quality of the garment, mm-hmm. you know, because you've been doing it for so long. It's like, Ooh, that has wool in it. This has linen in it. You can just tell the quality of it. And then you look at the brand. It's like, Oh, it's a Lululemon, you know, cause you can tell right. it's like the quality of the garment, you know, mm-hmm. which, so, so something that I want to pick your brain on that you've brought up a few times, you've brought up video games a few times. We've talked about it a few times. So that is one market that I have been kind of looking at, um, just like reading articles on kind of looking at eBay because there's some games that are listed for stupid prices. And, and I've been reading about video games being graded and, but, but, but the encapsulation process doesn't preserve the game depending on what it is um, over time. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, So I don't know. I've been hearing some things and I didn't know if you knew much about like that market, that resale market, um, grading or anything like that. Yeah. I know a lot about resale market on video games. I know that, you know, a good niche horror, horror video games, especially like PS2, PS1, things like that japanese you know things like that are rare you know there's certain japanese different um variations you know Mm -hmm. like if you look on the back of the nes game like it's zelda especially i think there's one with four screws and five screws like i think the one with five screws is worth more than the four screw one because of the way that they made it you know things like things like that um just knowing the big games like if you come across Mm -hmm like the little samson which is like a huge video nes game like if you come across a little samson i mean it could be i can't remember the actual price of what it costs but i'm actually going to look it up while i talk but like little samson is a good nes game to look for um another one is flintstones escape from dinosaur peak is another one because that was only released at, you can only rent it at Blockbuster. Yeah, you can only rent it at Blockbuster. And once Blockbuster's closed down, 
they started, you know, getting out in the wild. But, um, and you got to be careful because a lot of these expensive video games, mm-hmm. you start seeing reproductions. So you got to, you know, be aware of that. But uh, like a reproduction, Little Samson just sold for $47. An original Little Samson just sold for $1,300, you know? So video game, video games, right. and you can always look it up. That's video game crazy. is really easy to, you know, look up. I have every video game system except for, I don't have a Atari Jaguar or a Sega Saturn. And those are the only two that I'm missing. Oh, dang. Okay. Yeah. So then, so then when it comes to um, like, like, so when it comes to like the graded versions of those games, like I saw a Halo game, Halo Combat Evolved selling for like 12K or at least they were wanting to sell it for 12K. Yeah. Um, like, what are your kind of, like, what is with the the graded games? Like, are they really, like, I know if someone is willing to to buy a thing for a particular price, you know, that's the one. What are my thoughts but on like, games? But like, I guess. No, I mean, if, like, for instance, I mean, again, I'm a big professional wrestling fan. My favorite mm-hmm. wrestling game is uh, WWF No Mercy for the N64. I would love to have a complete inbox copy of that game. And mm-hmm. if it's graded, I would even love it even more, you know? So it's like, you think of, I mean, it's just collectors, right? You want the best, the most rarest of everything. So it's like, you know, I've seen a lot of um, Pokemon game, original Pokemon games that are graded, you know, would love to have one, you know, but like you said, I don't know much, mm-hmm. much oh, about sure. the preserving for crazy yeah the preserving of the games but it's like you're not going to play the game you know who cares if it works down the road you know what i mean so yeah i know that there's some purists and i think it probably i think there's a some like purists in the comic books as well like like if i can't read it or if i can't play it what's the point you know and and i can kind of understand their perspective yeah but you the video game that's great and you're not gonna play it at that point just buy one oh for sure you know yeah like 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 what they say in the comic book world you know one to sell and one to keep or Mm -hmm. one to read and one to keep um is what they say which which i can definitely agree with you on that i i guess like when it comes to like that part of the of like hobby collecting i don't know too much and i've been hearing kind of like weird conflicting things like uh for example um founders of the grading companies for uh games the video games uh kind of making some purchases and people are thinking i don't know if this is more along the lines of a conspiracy theory it might be but um trying to kind of jumpstart i guess the 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 sales of uh you know graded video games mm-hmm. by like you know buying uh graded video games for a lot like thousands tens of thousands i can't remember what i was reading exactly or what oh, they were wow. saying in there how much the games were going for but yeah so i mean you know i, I guess like manipulating to me, it the seems market like yeah and i mean I, I i don't know too much about it um to really be able to know for sure but i'm sure a lot of hobbies in general have kind of gone through what we're seeing with video games, right? Comic books going through the same thing, um, you know, then, then Pokemon cards and magic cards. Um, 
just kind of going through that same pattern because there there are obviously patterns across all the hobbies, which is why I love to talk to a bunch of people that are knowledgeable across many different hobbies because you can take one and apply similar lessons to the other, right? But but yeah, kind of seeing the the video game market kind of grow in this way, I'm sure there are patterns that we've already seen in other mm-hmm. um, hobby ventures, I guess you could say that you know we we can kind of predict in general what's going to probably come next um which is probably probably grading being more acceptable or accepted i guess mm-hmm. you could say in that world so it's pretty cool it's pretty cool i don't know i'm glad do you have any uh, like graded video games i don't have any graded video games not at all i usually play all mm. my video games the ones that no. i have <laughs> it's- yeah. Um, do you have all of the old systems? Are you like, uh, you, are, actually, let me ask you this. Are you PlayStation or Xbox? Um, it depends on which generation, right? You know, because the Xbox 360, oh, okay. the Xbox 360 was amazing. You know, the Xbox, the original Xbox was really good, mm-hmm. you know, and then it kind of fell off with the Xbox One, in my opinion, because of the games. And then, I mean, PlayStation 4 had better games than the Xbox One, in my opinion. And then I think that that trend is going to continue to to be the same with these new uh, generation of consoles, you know. But that's why it doesn't matter, you know, people are, I think the the new Xbox has, I think it has better specs overall, you know. But I mean, it really doesn't matter if you don't have the games. I mean, look at the Nintendo Switch. It's like... Mm -hmm so many good games and it's like it doesn't matter how good right. the stuff looks because it's like you're you know you're playing the game and it's like it's about the games at the end of the day you know but mm-hmm. to answer your question yeah one of ps5 <laughs> as you know mm-hmm. yeah oh for sure are you trying to get the new xbox as well or actually, just the ps5 just the ps5 right now i actually did buy the new xbox when i was looking for the ps5 because my brother-in-law wanted one because he's oh. an xbox guy and so I bought it and then, you know, I called him and was like, Hey man, I got your Xbox. He's like, you're kidding. I was like, Nope, I got it right here. <laughs> and he just like, you know, he mm-hmm. then moved me the money immediately and I dropped it off to him. You know, it was a very oh, rare nice. occasion, Yeah. you know, but he's been playing it. And to have one. Amazing. Cause those have yeah. been, those have been kind of going on. Mm-hmm. Same thing. And, and with the PS fives, cause I'm definitely like, I'm going to get a PS five. I don't know when. But, but exactly. I will, but at least for the time being, I'm not crazy. Yeah. I'm not crazy trying to buy one right now because there isn't really a game that I'm wanting to play right now. I mean, the exactly. mass effect remastered that that'll be fun to get. So maybe around that time is when yeah. I'll get it. But I think, I think it's also backwards compatible. I think it's also yes. coming out for four. Yeah. I think um, Xbox oh. really messed up because I'm a huge halo guy. Like I have a Master Chief helmet like sitting over here. Mm-hmm. And when they released the, I guess the trailer for the new Halo and how bad it looked, it's like, come on guys, you know? Cause that, I was gonna get an Xbox just to play Halo. Like I was gonna, mm-hmm. I was Xbox all day. And after they didn't release it on mm-hmm. launch day, it's like, well, I'll just wait to get an Xbox, you know? Cause that's my shoot, shooter of choices. Right, of Halo. Halo back in the day was really, really fun. Um, I definitely liked them up to three and reach, but four and five, I didn't like too much. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like, I, I like the PlayStation and then have an Xbox just to play Halo really. 
So you're not really feeling the uh, the new Halo game that's about to come out? I mean, if they fix it, because it looks terrible. I don't know if you've seen some of the the trailer that they launched or whatever, but it looks it looks worse than what the Halo looked for the Xbox One. I think they were just rushing it to get it out during launch day, and they backed up on it. And they're I think they're refixing mm-hmm. it and redoing everything. The I heard a rumor that it was actually going to be a uh, free to play game. Kind of like Fortnite and stuff, you know, PUBG. Oh. Yeah. So it's like there's going to be that's a rumor that I heard. That's going to be mm-hmm. a lot like that. I didn't know that. Which would be cool. So you don't mm-hmm. have to buy it. Does that mean there'll be a lot of microtransactions? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that I really love about Halo is the single player campaigns. Mm-hmm. So it makes me kind of nervous that that might not be there. Exactly. If the rumor, what you're saying, is true. That makes exactly. me a little sad. I don't know if you see back here, but I've got hey, Halo nice. Combat Evolved. Um, Is that yep. a PC version? Uh, PC. That's when I played yeah. back in the day because I didn't have an Xbox. That was great. So, that, that was pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. Did That's you ever a, I, watch the Red V Blue show? Oh, of course. Are you kidding me? That, that was amazing. Rooster Teeth. I mean, it's mm-hmm. amazing. I remember hooking up you know, at that point with Combat Evolved, I was maybe a junior in high school or something like that. And I remember, you know, everyone getting together, having uh-huh. land parties, you know, just hooking up four Xboxes, yes. you know, the whole football uh-huh. team getting together, playing that. And then we figured out a way to play online before Xbox Live. So we would play online. You know, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was great. Such a good time. Oh, yeah. See, you know, right, see kids these days don't know about don't even parties. Know. They don't know. Yeah, but anyways, so I guess, I mean, obviously, like a big thing that what we've been talking about is people got to do research and they have to know, they have to know things if they're trying to sell their collections um, or just trying to resell in general for whatever reason, you know. I really like, too, that you also give advice specifically for eBay, like, uh, uh, you know, making sure to uh, take pictures of um, items with a white background, you know. Because, for example, it'll show up in organic search, making exactly. sure to take all 12 uh, slots for photos, um, you know, doing things like that. Uh, beyond that, like what other really important tips do people need to know for eBay specifically? Sure. So um, one of the things that people aren't aware of, eBay does have an algorithm. So there is a way to help help your listing get pushed to the top or whatever by taking good photos you know, making sure you're using a white background, putting all the photos, especially and people are just, that's another point about people being too lazy. And it's like, well, it takes too much time. It doesn't take too much time to take photos. As a person that wants to buy something, I want to see everything, you know, I want to see the most photos possible, even if it's overkill. You know, if I'm buying, if I'm paying a thousand dollars for a Charizard, you better believe I want to see every angle of that card before I'm putting down the money. Yeah. You know what every... I mean? So yeah. So um, photos are important. White background is important. Lighting, um, making sure you um, put in all your, um, what is it called? Um, item specifics on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now eBay has, there's a little glitch going on when everything, whenever you sell something that's Pokemon related, it's uh, one of the options on there for the item specifics 
is it's making you put in a um a grading service even though if it's not graded yeah so that's a little glitch that they have to work on but it's like you can just put in everything because they're they're just taking that data and they're using it for their back end to do more i guess analytical stuff to see what's selling what's not selling things like that so that's important making sure you price your item uh, accordingly you know like if you sell i mean if you have a big store like i don't have a big store i don't even since they changed over like i'm uh, ebay managed payments right now um because before they you used to do paypal for some people it's still you know you go through paypal but now ebay has cut out paypal and they're doing their own um managed payments which is they're paying you directly into your bank account so they changed a couple of the listing or store subscriptions and stuff like that so a person can actually list up to 250 listings in their store without having to purchase a subscription which is awesome because i never have any more than 250 listings in my store just because i buy things that are going to be you know it's going to be selling because i like things to be liquid you know to have that money to be able to buy buy things so i don't know what i was going with that but um yeah make sure you price uh your items accordingly you know make sure that you mm-hmm. make sure you know what it's selling for how often it's selling for and then if you want to sell it quick you want to you know sell it from under market value so it gets you know gone or whatever know the trends video games are a hot seller during covid time you know i had a lot of video games that i bought you know systems we systems they were selling for like three times what they were going for like two months prior you know, because everyone was sitting around the house and was like, man, I wish I had a Wii, you know, like back in the day. And they would buy it off of eBay because they couldn't go anywhere. And then the price increased because there was a demand for it. So just be aware of stuff like that. Price your stuff accordingly. Know the trends. Don't buy anything that you're not going to make money off of, you know, things like that. But um, and then shipping, you know, make sure you weigh your items, take measurements, things like that. I don't like to sell a lot of clothes. So, you know, I know measurements for clothes is really important, but just no niche niches, you know, like, again, I'm a big professional wrestling fan, vintage professional, professional wrestling t-shirts, vintage t-shirts in general, huge, huge market on those. So if you can go to a garage sale, things like that. I've been hearing about that. Yeah. So anything vintage, um, vintage t-shirts in general, sports t-shirts, made in the USA t-shirts, one stitch, you know, if you look at a, like a short sleeve shirt and it's got one stitch on it, that's usually indicates that it's vintage because now they put two stitches on there, things like that. But yeah, but I hope oh, that wow. helps. I hope that answers your question. No, it, it definitely does. And and it just goes back to what we were talking about earlier. When you start to re you when you start to learn how to flip things, you start to know what to look for. So you learn about a lot of random stuff like stitches on a clothing, lot. material on clothing. So um yeah, that's that's definitely really, really awesome to know. And I guess um like the other thing too, is there like when it comes to reselling, um, do you have like a favorite thing that you like to resell or is it just about like finding the arbitrage and whatever you can arbitrage the most is the thing that you like to do? Things that sell well, you know, you have video games sell well, collectibles sell well, uh, things that you can find, 
you know, certain collectibles. Um, that's I really like to sell video games, collectibles, consumer electronics, things like that. Um, but yeah, that's really a, what I like to sell. Um, anything I can make a buck off of, really, to be honest with you. And like I sold the. Are you trying to make it full time? No, no, it's just a hobby. Yeah, I mean, I could, if I wanted to, I think it could do it full time. The only thing that it, I thought about it. The only thing is that it would be hard for me to scale, if it's uh, a one person thing. Yeah. You know, because um, I can only make enough money. I can only make, you know, it's a one person thing. So it's like it would be really hard for me to sell. And you have to depend on where you're getting your items. At that point, I would look into getting wholesale pallets, things like that. And, um, you know, but it's a lot of, it would be a lot of work and it's fun for me to do it now. And I don't want to have to depend on an extra, you know, I don't want to have that stress. You know what I mean? I like having insurance. Yeah. Before I, I, I can definitely understand. In you know, that, exactly. that's not bad either. Yeah. So. I, I didn't know that um you could buy pallets of like wholesale items until mm. I saw your TikTok. I had no idea yeah. that was a thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I actually have a company, yeah. uh webargain.com. They're sending me wholesale boxes for free. Just a guy just make videos on them. So if you guys want to buy a wholesale box, you the use the code Nashville15 and you'll get 15% off. You know, <laughs> there's my yeah, shameless well, there plug. You're trying for to flip. Exactly. But yeah, I, I didn't even know that was that was a thing. But I, yeah, but I like it. Oh, most, I was gonna say. I, I, yeah, most <laughs> of the ahead. stuff that I actually buy, I go to this place called um, Give Me a Five here, close to where I am. It's a liquidation store where everything is five dollars, and most of it comes from uh, Amazon, Target, and you know Walmart. And it's just like liquidated stuff that people return, or there's an issue with it, or they change the the labels. So they liquidate it, they sell it, you know, they buy it and then people pay for it. So, but there's a lot of value in some of those items. You just got to know what to look for. Ink, printer ink is a huge seller of mine, you know, because nice. printer ink is super expensive, but if you get it liquidated, you can make a lot of money, you know, because nobody wants oh, yeah, to pay for absolutely. that retail that's, printer. That's awesome. So, Oh my God. The $30 for just the it's black, it's you know, stupid. oh, okay. It's another stupid. 30 for the color yeah yeah apparently like ink as a liquid is the most ex like one of the most expensive liquids like more expensive than oil something like that this was a long time ago and i was reading it but but if you think about it how little ink you're getting and the price that you're getting it for like per ounce you're talking a lot per ounce mm -hmm. it's highway robbery is what yeah. it is so <laughs> well i was gonna say um we've been on for a while and i i do want to be oh, you know respectful yes. of your time <laughs> Thank you. So, so I didn't know if you wanted to stay on a little longer, if you wanted me to uh, kind of whatever you want, come up with a few last questions. Yeah, last <laughs> questions would probably be best. Awesome. Well, yeah, okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. So I guess um, going back to really the biggest theme that we've been talking about and something that you've brought up many, many, many times is doing your research, doing your research is that I mean, that's obviously your number one tip, I think, for people, just whether you're flipping or whether you're you're collecting to invest or just collecting a flip or, you know, however, whatever goal, you know, folks have in mind. So I didn't know if there was another like second tip that you thought was, you know, pretty insanely important that that people that you would want probably people to be more aware of. If you're looking to buy things to resell know your numbers 
take out that calculator and know your numbers, know what you're going to buy it for, know where you're going to sell it for, know your shipping, all that stuff. That's number one mm -hmm. that, or number two would be know your numbers. You know, you're investing, you're investing. So it's like, know, know your numbers and do the math, you know, or else mm -hmm. you're going to lose money. Then it's no fun. And then you're going to be frustrated. You're not going to want to do it again. Do your research. And you have mentioned numbers. before too, you charge for shipping. Correct. If somebody wants something bad enough and you have a good price on it, people are going to pay for the shipping. You know, like for instance, a mm -hmm. I sell a lot of stuff and it goes overseas, you know, but eBay has a really good program oh, with, the, with the global shipping program to where you, you ship your item to Kentucky and they take care of the rest. So you just got to package it up, get it to Ellinger, mm -hmm. Kentucky, and then they send it off. Like I sold two of the, two of these, uh, tin boxes went overseas. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I've never sold overseas, but that's, but that's kind of good to know that there's still a safe, there's, there's a market there, a, and then B it's, it's pretty safe to, to engage in that. So that's yeah. really cool. And then eBay and has great very, very cool. buyer and seller protection, you know, and, uh, you just got to know, you know, one of the things, if you're a new eBay seller, do all your business on the eBay platform. If you get a message saying, mm -hmm. Hey, text me here, let's work out a deal or do don't ever do that. That's some people that are prey on new sellers to get you to screw up or get something for free. Do all your business on the eBay platform because there's a record of it and then mm -hmm. you'll be protected hundred percent. People are going to try to scam you all the time. Just be, just be aware of it, you know, and just know that like today I had somebody that messaged me, they bought it like a, some sort of Garmin for their bicycle that I sold to them back in September and they wanted to return it because it didn't work. I'm just like, you know, I could tell them the truth and be like, well, you probably broke it and then you want to return it, you know, and all that stuff. But you have to be nice and be business minded and be like, well, I would return it, but it's past the 30 day return um, window. Uh, I'm sorry that it doesn't work, but I would not be able to refund you because it's past the 30 days. My apologies, you know, because because that person probably broke it and they want their money back, you know. Right. You've got to, uh, as people say, cover your own ass. Exactly. On things like 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 those things. Well, well, I mean, and also I think eBay, too, kind of like requires that 30 day return policy. But yeah, you're totally within your right to say, hey, it's past that that time period. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, because people but, will break you know, it or do just, stuff, some shady stuff, you know, because people are always going to try to get one on you. You know, like I had people, you know, you know, like with these tins that I sold, they opened them up because they changed the 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 uh, the packs in them because it used to have evolutions pack. And now I can't remember what pack it has in there now, like burning shadows or something like that. And so um, so they get them, they open them. It's like, hey, you sold me a resealed thing supposed to have evolutions pack and it's like no these are actually the new ones there are d20 tins the ones that you want are k19 those are the ones with evolutions in them so if you do your research you know exactly what you're selling because they changed you know you got to know you got to know because people are going to try to screw you over you know yeah yeah you have to be able to to not just go by what the title says, but also be able to identify the thing in the pictures. Exactly. And if you're not 100% sure, then ask ask for more pictures. Exactly. You know, 
most sellers, I think will send you more pictures. So, but anyways, I really, really appreciate you coming on, on a Saturday night. So, uh, what I want to give you, what I do want to do is give you the opportunity to let everybody know where they can find you. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, again, my name is Ray. Um, you can find me on, on all social media platforms, except for Facebook, MySpace, you know, all the old ones. But Instagram, the Nashville Flippers, <laughs> TikTok, the Nashville Flippers. I don't have a Twitter. We do have a YouTube channel, uh, the Nash, uh, YouTube at the Nashville Flippers, uh, where you can find uh, me and my brother-in-law going on our reselling adventures of buying and reselling stuff. We give good tips on there. And um, yeah, TikTok, um, if you have any questions on reselling, you know, you can email us at the Nashville Flippers at gmail.com or just DM us and uh, pretty nice guys. Just don't blow me up uh, asking which Charizard you want me to, you want to buy. <laughs> Sounds good. I really appreciate that. I'm going to put uh, links in the show notes to all of your things. So yeah, thank no you so worries much. on that. We're going to, you know, definitely put your name out there. Yeah. yeah thank, thank you. And uh, have a good night. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for having me on. I really do appreciate it. I hope uh, everyone listening has uh, gotten something uh, tangible and uh, can use it for their business. For sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. There's there's a ton of things. You've been giving us a hell of a lot. So. <laughs>